Welcome to Men Are Nots, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health and physical health awareness in men and society. First it started with MAN, then it went to MEN, M-A-N, the acronym for Men Are Nots. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself? Of course, thank you Andy. Uh, My name's Liam Masters, I'm a student um, in Birmingham but from Essex, um, Essex originally. And um, yeah, I've actually recently started my own podcast, but um, it's great to see what, um, what you're achieving at the moment with this, spreading a, a great message. So thanks for having me on. What's your, Liam, what's your podcast? Let's let's hear about your podcast. What's this? Yeah, um, it's, still, it's still in its very embryonic stages, I'd say. It's, it's early doors. Uh, football and feelings. Um, so it was originally to sort of bridge a gap between how we talk about football, which is often quite quite laid back, quite comical, sort of like how you talk with friends in a pub, um, as opposed to how we talk about mental health, which is often quite a morbid subject. It's great, obviously, we're talking about it more, which is amazing. But I think that we could maybe do it in a more uh, laid back manner, which makes it easier to bring into everyday conversations and sort of using football as a bit of a channel for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'll come back to that in a minute because I'm interested. That's very interesting. That. Um, so, you're, 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 you 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 say you're from Birmingham or you're from Essex? Uh, I'm from Essex, yeah, small town, Frinton on Sea, right on there, right on the seaside. Yeah. So, um, tell tell the, the the listeners about what you know Essex and you know the kind of the location in terms of the world and and, and UK. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So I'm right on the the east of England. Um, I couldn't be more east. Um, no, no, it's, it's a nice little place. I live in a, it's a, there's not too much happening for someone of my age. I guess I'm 25. Um, it's a fantastic town to retire in. Not, not a fantastic town probably to, to reach out to some of your, your goals and your aims. But, um, yeah, so it's a quaint little town. Everyone sort of knows each other, uh, where I'm from, but, um, it's a direct route into London. So it's pretty easy getting about, but, um, yeah, right on the east of England. Yeah, so you, so really, I mean, obviously you, you you like it there, and it's it's a way of getting in. Like you say, you can get into London, and you can get because it's straight, and you can get, get in. And when you're not when you're tired of London or anywhere else, you can go straight back there. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about um, um, Birmingham then. Um, so you're at uni there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a student there. Although this was meant to be my uh, my semester abroad, I was actually studying in in Budapest about two weeks ago but because of uh, the coronavirus pandemic I've had to had to come home all students were called back so um yeah I'm studying in Birmingham but I, sh- I should be in Budapest right now but unfortunately um, that's not how it's how it's panned out yeah yeah so let, in, in a sense then you let's talk what why Budapest and let's talk about you know what what's the current situation there Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So um, a lot of universities in the EU, so I don't know if, if this will carry on next year when we're out of the EU, but they have a partnership where you can like, exchange students pretty much. So they would take, uh, my university would take students in from uh, from Hungary and uh, we can send students to Hungary in exchange. Um, the situation there was, was quite relaxed, actually. Um, I'd say they... They got to things very quickly. There was about 20 cases of coronavirus when they decided to close the borders completely. 
Um, so it was very, it was very early doors, but they took quite extreme action quite quickly, um, which hopefully stops the spread of it. But um, yeah, so all our public gatherings and all that sort of thing were beginning to get banned from over a certain amount of people. And meanwhile, in England, there wasn't too much happening at this point. Only recently now, um, I've actually got friends in uh, in Belgium. They tell me that at the moment on the news, they're talking a lot about England, about how late we are to uh, to these adjustments and to these new regulations that other countries and around the world, and especially Europe, have been uh, have been sort of enforcing for much longer than us. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how how do you feel coming? Coming back to the current situation in the UK, anxious to be honest, quite anxious. It's because um, it's so unprecedented. It's impossible. It's just impossible for me to explain. Really, like the the journey home was so surreal. Everyone, like the plane was half empty coming back from Hungary, um, and no one was saying anything in the line whilst we were checking in. Um, it, it felt like people were being like evacuated. Um, even though they were leaving on their own accord, so it was a very morbid atmosphere. And then coming into the UK, it was strange. It was the quietest I've ever seen Stansted Airport. I think um, everyone was sort of keeping their distance. A lot of people wearing masks. It was like some kind of a film. And I feel like I'm just waiting for the for the end credits now. I think we all are yeah. hoping that we wake up and it's and the plot's already gone. And, yeah, it's very surreal. Very so, surreal. So all about what? in Qatar. So you know, sorry. So, uh, so you know, I was going to say to you, you know, when you was in Budapest, were you, were you kind of told to leave, or was it leave on your own accord? What what actually happened there? How did that come about? Well, they were. We were told that we, my university at home uh, in Birmingham, basically called me and said that you don't have to leave, but we would advise you to do so because a lot of the borders are closing, and in like two days' time, it's going to be impossible or nearly impossible to sort of get around if you need to um all of my learning all of the teaching had moved online anyway so i didn't actually have a need to be there i could have done my i could do my course anywhere as it's all, all online the university had closed already um and a big part of it was i was in quite a big friendship group there almost all of them got told that they have to leave by their by their um by their country's government, they told that they had to come back. So I went from being in a group of 20 people to there's about two of us. So yeah. It was going to become a bit lonely if something happened, if I had a health condition. Um, I'm technically classed as high risk as well because I've got asthma. So I just decided it would be best to, to come back. Yeah. Liam, yeah. your volume keeps cutting in and out. Oh, okay. Second, let me have a look. So, well, can you give me a second? I'll grab um, I'll grab some new headphones. Yeah, no worries, okay. no worries. Sorry to no bother. Yeah, so. We was, what was, we were talking about, yeah, the Budapest and, and that situation and how, you know, you've, you've managed to get back over here. Um, so now you've, now you've you've come over here now and you've seen the current situation. How, how you, you said you felt anxious. 
what are you seeing that's hap- what's happening around your area or in England? Um, well, in my area, probably similar to a lot of places, um, it's just like the panic buying is has just been a bit ridiculous, really. People are queuing up outside Tesco, waiting for it to open, um, or any supermarket they've got close to them. Um, sort of taking all the toilet roll off the off the shelves for for whatever reason. It's like people didn't wipe their ass before coronavirus. Um, bits of real. Uh, and now, obviously, all like pubs and restaurants and cafes and that sort of thing—they're all they're all closed now. So, at this moment in time, I'd say people are becoming a bit more aware that they need to just stay inside, stop the spread of it, um, which is a good thing. But I think it's—we're we're about a week behind everyone else on that. It seems like, but yeah, in my area, people are still going out, getting some fresh air, because um, I live I live on the seafront, so. You don't come across too many people when you're out and about. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much the case at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Seasides, seasides, and beaches are probably one of the best places to be at the moment. To, um, yeah, obviously fresh air in the in the countryside and things like that. Um, not so much in inside where in 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 city centres and stuff like that. Um, just to get some air and, and get get a chance to walk about. So let's oh, let's shit. let's talk about um, you know your mental health and and university and, and you know some of the things that you, you you've come across yeah sure um i'd say i became aware of my own mental health probably when i was about 18 19 so not really that long ago to be honest seven eight years ago yeah um it sort of all started with i, I lost quite a lot of weight at one point and to to get fitter i needed to to lose the weight so i got in quite good shape but Along with that, I was very strict on what diet I was eating and what exercises I was doing. And if I didn't meet my own standard at that point, I would be my negative self-talk would be overwhelming for me. Yeah. To be honest, like I would, it would, it was that idea of perfectionism came in, I guess, and that's where my negative self-talk sort of started. And then it sort of stayed at that level for quite a while. And then when I reached 22 that spiralled up into almost every aspect of my life. So I, I'm very lucky that I haven't had any like negative circumstances or like any bereavement or anything like that that has caused me to uh, to think about my mental health. Um, it's more just been sort of my own overthinking and my own sort of not understanding my, my mind and my brain. I've always been an overthinker, even when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually just similar to a lot of people, I guess, it just becomes a bit overwhelming. And it's like there's a different person in your brain and sometimes you're winning that battle, sometimes you're losing that battle. Um, and it's not until now I've only started to work in harmony with that sort of depressed character, I guess you, you could call it. Yeah, um, yeah so, so now I'm a bit more on top of things now. But um, yeah, there was a, a few dark times. I think because I didn't have any major circumstances to be depressed about that actually made it worse for me at times because then I'd, I'd tell myself that I'd say that's pathetic you don't have anything to be depressed over why are you feeling like that um, but then depression and anxiety that sort of thing they don't discriminate they don't really care yeah. what, um, what situation you've been through yeah yeah so so do you do you see yourself as were you ever diagnosed with that or was it something that you saw in yourself? 
that you yeah, I was diagnosed. I was I was diagnosed with that technically. I, I went to my uh, I went to my GP. Um, I was actually reading back. I've, I used to write a lot when I was feeling at my lowest, just so I could put into words how I was feeling. Oh, yeah. I was reading back in the, uh, the other day, and um, it, it was quite scary actually. I didn't realise how low I actually was. Um, yeah. There was just days where I'd, I'd wake up and, and my head would feel so heavy, and you're like that depressed part of my brain would would tell me it would reassure me that the right thing to do would be to stay in bed and to mope around like it was it was almost comforting to feel like that yeah um, and eventually i went to my gp um i think my, a few of my friends sort of noticed that i was maybe a bit quiet um so i went to my gp she prescribed me medication which i was unsure of to be honest i didn't know if i wanted to go down that down yeah, that yeah. path yeah um, like a lot of people, but at that point, I was I was so sick of how I was feeling that I, I wanted to have like an immediate relief. Um, if I was to go back, I probably wouldn't have taken the medication. But yeah. to be honest, it, it did help. It really did help me. And eventually, uh, I started seeing a psychologist, um, a Dr. Sid Hiskey, who was amazing. He's based in Colchester in Essex. Um, yeah, that was amazing. He just there was just so much learning. It was uh, it wasn't like counselling or or like just me talking about my problems and and him giving me advice or something like that. It was very uh, it was very knowledge based, I guess. Me yeah. understanding why my brain might react to certain things um, because you know, we sort of spoke about how uh, the world around us now is evolving way too quickly for our brains to keep up with so yeah, it's, definitely. it's it's, uh, it's almost normal it's almost expected for us to for us to struggle to deal with it um yeah but then after seeing a psychologist for a while but, um, that made a, a big difference yeah yeah that's 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 yeah that's what you're saying there is um um yeah what what's this is this is what i you know and people can people can you know can say with me or against me and it but i just feel that we as humans have created this um fast evolving world um and the, and the world still moves it's still the, the actual planet is still moving maybe it's a different maybe a slightly different rate than it used to but we as humans are moving too fast and um a lot of that is things to do with um things the way the amount the amount of things that we consume we buy we look at we, we, we the information that's being pushed to us um and we're consuming we, we consume all this and buy and do all this and then what happens is we create so then what happens we buy and then we create so we're always looking for the next best thing and but it's always a fit quick fix it's always that thing that makes you happy so if i'm gonna buy say like an iphone today i'm always looking out for the next iphone in in 12 months time or whatever or the next phone that's going to do this then then there's not this other company is looking to do that and they so but as they're pushing the boundaries and going faster and faster what's happened then is we as, as humans particularly in jobs and, and the university and information we've pulled out um we, we, our brains are struggling to keep up um and that's the irony of it as as we as humans do that we're struggling to keep up with what's happening and what and the way we're dealing with it is oh no so for instance i'll give an example so if you're at work if you're working for a company that any company and things are going too fast you're struggling to keep you you might think you're keeping up but then you get there 
and he's always falling behind again in the sense of um, there's always another product coming out there's always another product coming out um, and so then they want you to do more hours more hours more time away from your fa- friends and family and then what happens is you you see so you're always on the your, your brain's always alert and always thinking and it shouldn't be it should come to a point where it's relaxing and it has a relaxed state so um, i mean you're perfectly right there um so in terms of you what what how did you how did you come to terms with what made you come to that and, and what were your coping mechanisms to to help you get through those th- um those dark days Um, I said that's quite relevant actually what you were just saying how we're so used to things being immediate and consuming so much around us I actually sort of carried that into how I wanted to to work on myself like I remember I would I would scour through YouTube hoping that I would find like a like an instant fix like almost like there was like a button on my body that I forgot to press and and that would randomly fix these issues that I was having um, obviously, that is that isn't how it works, and it never has been how it works. But once once I sort of got past that, I sort of kept learning more and more about sort of the human brain and how we react to certain things. Um, and the, just I can't really say there was anything specific. To be honest, it was it's a it's almost all the usual stuff like meditation. That's been quite that's been quite big for me, really, to help me slow down because I go into overdrive quite easily Mm. I can't really slide my brain down so the ability for me to meditate even for like five ten minutes really just slows me down helps me look at things from a from almost a non-biased perspective so I can put my problems into context and exercise as well and eating the right foods I'd say that makes a huge difference something that I massively underestimated I think there was times where I'd be eating when I was not feeling good, when I'd I'd eat junk food because I wasn't feeling good, yeah. thinking that would comfort me, and then I mean, two hours later, you're you're feeling awful again, and you just end up on that on that spiral going round and round. Um, yeah, so now I'd say I eat a lot more healthy, uh, much healthier, um, and that's made a big difference. Try to get out and exercise, nature as well it makes it makes a big difference to me. I've noticed that if I'm locked in a room for, for quite a while or or in like a cityscape with with just buildings around me that sends me a little bit mad sometimes I need to be around an, an open space just to, to calm me down a little bit yeah 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 so did you did you did your parents your family know about this uh, you know any brothers and sisters and and how did they how did they feel towards it yeah well my my brother had been through some sort of similar stuff he's, he's always he's had problems with anxiety in the past like, like really severe like overwhelming anxiety so it wasn't it wasn't really new for my parents to hear about sort of our our personal sort of mental issues I suppose um, so they were really supportive yeah um, I didn't really have any problems there there are times where I'm sure like most people I wouldn't want to trouble them with some of the things I was feeling um but I always knew that if I if I needed to, it was always an option. I never I never felt like I couldn't speak to anyone. Same goes for my friends as well. Um, there was a select few that I'd always go to if I was feeling a bit a bit rubbish. But also there were some friends that I wouldn't want to trouble. Maybe I thought they wouldn't understand. But um, yeah, no, I'd never had an issue with 
opening up about it to be honest same uh, like whilst, probably while I'm why sorry why I'm doing this your podcast here is because I'm, I'm quite happy to talk about it I don't I think it's a shame that some people feel like they can't talk about it so yeah, yeah I'm happy to do so yeah um, yeah and, and and what's you know and, we, and what's happened with there is this is a lot of social social pressures stigma stigma attached to opening up and particularly us you know as men um and you you found a way to like you say you've 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 i mean i don't know if there's ever a point where you you kind of said to yourself i'm not going to speak to anybody and then you thought oh i'm going to do it i'm going to i'm going to let people know that this is because for a lot of men we don't we don't speak out and we don't um not even speaking out just speak to somebody to let people know that this is what you know what we're going through. Um, was yeah. there any point where you, you know, where you thought where you were going through things where you didn't speak to one and you thought, okay, I'm going to do it now? Um, yeah, I'd say I think most people have that sort of I wouldn't say like an epiphany, but there's a there's a point where you realise actually I'm, I'm only going to help myself by talking about it. There was a few times where I'd, I'd go for go for a beer with my friends, and before we left, whilst it was just me and one other person, I'd sort of try to open up a little bit. I was very, very nervous in doing so because you never know how people are gonna how people are gonna react to you sort of, um, sort of spilling your your heart out. I, I suppose telling them exactly how you feel and um, directly. But I was very lucky to. Uh, of the people I, I do and have still have around me because um, they just they just listened and they took it in uh, they, they didn't try and like overstretch themselves either which I think is important because just because I'm trying to to speak to someone about it it doesn't mean that I want them to give me like a advice or a cure or anything like that it just means that I I might just want to just to speak about it. Yeah. Sometimes your problems in your own head get so sort of clustered together that you don't realise how some of them are actually quite solvable. You don't realise until you speak them out and they're all out sort of out in front of you. And yeah, so that was was always very therapeutic for me. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, um, when the when everything becomes one, it becomes like a lot of a lot of noise in a sense. Um, in your head and then what happens is you want to you want to lay down and and kind of get away from like you say lay down in bed and and you want to get away from that noise but then the noise is still there and so yeah it's um it's I'm, I'm, like i said i'm glad that you're, you're speaking about it um and it's and it's interesting how have you found your studies and and things like that at times it's, it's quite stressful but um i think for the for the most part I was at university when I started feeling probably at my worst, um, and I, I hate—I would hate to think how I would have ended up if I didn't have like that basic structure of my week. Because I've, I've always been quite studious, so I—I I didn't miss any classes or anything like that. Um, I would always, even when I was feeling very low, I wanted to be in university because I knew keeping my brain ticking over and focusing on things was, was always going to help me. Yeah. Um, so that was always good. I'd say because I wasn't waking up at the same time every day, maybe as, as simple as that sounds, that was a, a big factor for me because waking up early during that sort of time period was so difficult. 
and it's hard to uh, it's sort of hard to explain almost sounds a, sounds a bit childish in some senses but I, I couldn't function in the morning like my my mind my brain it just wouldn't wouldn't work I wouldn't be empathetic enough towards myself um, in the morning I'd always try and make sure I wasn't making like any key decisions in the morning so that made some of the 9am lectures um, less enjoyable than the, than the afternoon classes but luckily most universities now around uh, around the UK and I hope around the world um, they have a sort of support system there so um, I did see a mental health advisor at the uni actually whilst I was feeling like that um, yeah that, that was that was amazing to know that everywhere I, I I was whether I was at home at my parents house if I was away at university if I was with my friends everything there, there was a support system in every in every place that I, I could have wanted one and uni was was no exception for sure I think because I was quite studious um, I've, I've achieved quite good grades so far in my degree so I, I always have that to to focus on and to try and build towards which has definitely helped me focus on things yeah so so what is your what is your degree what what are you studying at the moment then so i'm a, a marketing and advertising student um so but it's a lot, a lot of like business subjects tied in with that sort of like brand management and some some design subjects as well some are a bit more uh, a bit more practical than others and yeah it's quite it's quite broad I originally, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was 18, 19, which is why I didn't start uni until I was 23. Yeah, had probably more gap years than most people, most people would, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I did that. That was just that was just my route. I needed to do that. I went away, lived abroad for a little while. Uh, very glad that I did that because that helped me learn about myself. Um, as much as cliche as it, as it sounds, finding yourself and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a marketing and advertising student, but um, that covers quite a wide range of different topics. Yeah. So have you have you found while you're whilst being whilst being at uni, and and in terms of mental health, have you found that there's that's it's on the increase at university, or have you found there's a range of students that are maybe going through things, um, you know, things like exam stress and worry and things like that. Yeah, so obviously you have like your your standard, I guess you could say standard stresses that all students go through. Um, like you said, exam stress and meeting deadlines. I think most people can sort of deal with that stress, but when they're combining that with other stresses that they might have going on, or like you said, the world around them just moving moving too fast for them to keep up with, and then that sort of gets thrown into that into that barrel of problems, I suppose. There's definitely a rise. I, I I can't say I've spoken to, to to too many students outside of my friendship group about their issues, but yeah. I know the the mental health team at the university they were very they were very overstretched and, and very busy at the time that I was speaking to them anyway. So yeah. I can only presume that is that is it was it's been on the rise there. Yeah, that's interesting because. And, and, and you know, I was, I was trying to trying to get that from you in a sense because in, for I'm finding in, in a lot of um, society, whether it's a job, whether it's um, whether it's a university, whether it's at schools, college, there's 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 now um, a kind of recognition, not recognition, yeah, recognition of 
of mental health and wellness and it seems to be apparent that more and more people um, and more and more people yeah more and more people are organizing and coming together as groups to create these um, to create uh, like I say counseling groups and, and um, wellness groups and things like that because that was that was probably something that's never heard of years ago in, in university but now it seems yeah. to be coming to the fore um, like I say there's more and more pressure on people now not just the university pressure so uh, you know how have you been you know how have you been coping since you know you've you've, you've seen you've, you've spoken to people you've, you've met people and you know you're, you're getting good grades how have you felt about yourself since then you know I know it was all about perfection and body perfection and I'm going to hit upon some of it now before you know just just before you speak is something you said there about going on social media and looking on YouTube and wishing what I was trying to reiterate about reiterate about the fast-paced world no sooner as you see one video on YouTube and it's telling you this there's someone else telling you something else on YouTube do you see yeah. what I mean so if you get a six pack this way no get it this way and then there's no one saying do this to get six pack now do that mm -hmm. and then what happens is you, you your head goes all, goes all over the place um, and you get a mixture of mess messages and you're not sure which way to turn um, is that how you felt and and since you've kind of pulled away from pulled away from that how have you how's that made you feel that's um yeah that's definitely how i felt you're sort of overwhelmed with uh, the different options that you can you can take and you just don't know which which one might be the best for you um i'd say that's quite uh that's definitely the case now with what's going on so i don't know when this this is going to go out so maybe situations might have changed but with the coronavirus there's so much information that people are, are absorbing from different sources and it seems like anyone especially on social media like twitter anyone who has a profile almost has has a voice to to give their opinion and to advise people so people are listening to all these different sources and then that makes them more anxious because they don't know understandably they don't know which source to choose um, and you've got people like Piers Morgan just trying to sort of inspire fear into people and um, just to get them to carry along with it but um sorry Andy I've completely forgotten what you asked me <laughs> no no I was just saying I was just saying how 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 you you've you've kind of come through that and now you look on looking on looking on the other side do you feel that that social media and all these things of 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 help not helped but had a hindrance on 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 us as us as you humans in a sense of trying trying yeah. to trying to find ourselves yeah yeah it's definitely a, it's a complete hindrance i'd say but there is the capability there to make it a make it a good a good part of your life i think yeah. it's your baby you sort of feed it how you wish um if you follow the right people and surround yourself with a good online community then there's no reason why it can't aid you in your in your day to day. I'm sort of in the age bracket where there is a there is an awful lot of clutter on like uh, on social media like Instagram um, and Facebook as well sometimes. But once you do sort of cut through that clutter, you do sort of see that we're all the same realistically. But as we all know, people like to share their best bits on social media. And I think that's where the danger sort of comes in because you will compare your standard day to day um, to someone's best bits, which is very risky. I think you can't 
it's a very difficult thing to do and it's a difficult thing to to absorb and to and to take in really because well, like you're you're going to be comparing your morning routine on a Tuesday to someone's holiday and they're having once a year and and that sort of ruins what you're doing in the then and now whereas realistically there isn't a problem there like there's nothing wrong with your day to day maybe yeah um, but there is a problem because you're comparing it to someone's highlight reel yeah. and yeah that, that definitely affects my generation and all something that I've been trying to, to sort of cut out where where I can yeah so let's go let's go back to, right to the beginning then your podcasts and and what you've you, you know something this something this is something else which you're kind of getting your teeth into and, and a, you know I'm sure this is going to be this is going to be helpful for you and, and, a, and part of your coping mechanisms tell us about your podcast and 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 this this fun thing that you're doing Sure. So, as I mentioned, it's called Football and Feelings. Um, just sort of bridging the gap between how we talk about the two subjects. I wanted the, the original aim was to speak to all like former players or current players about their mental health struggles, and I'm going to continue to do so. But also, I want to release maybe just where I'm a little bit younger than than uh, some podcasters. I, I, I sort of see things from a few different sides. So I'd like to, to run a regular informational podcast, getting people's opinions and, and their life experiences. So then alongside that, to try and get a younger audience, I'm going to be doing like sort of YouTube uh, YouTube content, which is going to be relatively comical. Because I hope that I can bring them in with like a funny video, but then hopefully I can make them stay by sort of thinking about their own emotions eventually. So that's what that's sort of the route that I'm hoping people will take. I've uh, spoken to a few ex-players already, and I've got uh, two episodes out already, but I'm going to be working on that a lot over over this year. Whether or not they'll be face-to-face, I'm not too sure yet. But so far, all of the episodes I've recorded, they've been, uh, I've, been I've recorded them as well with, uh, with a few cameras, so they're audio and visual, which has been great so far. Like I said, I've really enjoyed it. Because probably similar to you doing this podcast, you hear about different people's perspectives, and uh, it can be quite therapeutic for both parties. Yeah, I think definitely. so. I hope that people will feel safe talking about their their life experiences with me, uh, and I, I hope that anyone listening as well can relate to them and can uh, put them into into their lives as well. Yeah. So, are you a football supporter? Yes, yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh yeah, so you, so you're, um, you're, bit, you're, you're how are you feeling? <laughs> well, <laughs> at the moment, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a strange time. It's a strange time for for our club. But I mean, we, we'd be naive to think that we're not due a little down period, as all the all clubs do at some yeah, point. Definitely. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it to be honest. I, I think we need to play the long game with Arteta because um, I think he'll be a major asset for the club. I think he'll be, he'll do amazing things. But um, I hope that we just don't become as impatient as other clubs do, like Pochettino getting sacked. When I, I think that should be the wrong thing for Tottenham to do, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the next few years. Yeah, because you've got a reasonably a reasonably young team there. 
Mm. Yeah, mm. Lot, a great young talent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Liverpool supporter, so yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So yes, um, we've had. Um, I mean, people talked about the thirty years, but to be honest with you, a lot of the clubs that have won the league, they went through longer periods of, of um, not winning the league. So, you know, I mean, we haven't even won the league yet, so you know, we're not sure what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I did, I did put, <laughs> I did put something out there. I just put something out there on Twitter world was um, maybe what no, I said what they should do is get all the managers together um, get all the managers together and get them to play FIFA 20 against the teams that <laughs> in the remaining fixtures of FIFA 20 um, and then it would make um, brilliant viewing actually it would make it would make brilliant viewing pay-per-view viewing for that would be un- unbelievable mm. um so i don't know it was just me just having a laugh but you know you can imagine it can't you really these, these football managers playing against each other and obviously this, this virus has kicked in so um you know that'd be that's that's even made it more interesting um yeah so, i wouldn't be surprised to see that um to see that sort of thing happening to be honest i saw a i don't know if you're a formula one fan but they did sort of like a very makeshift virtual Grand Prix um, over the weekend, really? um, just with a, a, a mix of, of of actual races, and then there's like YouTubers on there as well, basically just to keep viewers interested in something. Whilst there's there's no tournament, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see it though. Maybe you'll see a uh, Jordan Henderson on FIFA 2020 <laughs> yeah. lifting the lifting the trophy yeah. virtually. Yeah, it'd be interesting because you know because at the same time when I tweeted it, I put um what's his name. Hearn, is it Hearn? What's his name? Who does the, the boxing? Who does a paper? Oh, Eddie Hearn, yeah. yeah, I put him on the as a as a at Eddie Hearn to say, oh yeah, pay, imagine pay per views for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yes. Yeah. Then I'm sure it'll be there. Yeah. So anyway, well, I mean, I like to, you know, any sort of final messages from you and, and any thoughts of you from you um, to the listeners out there in terms of how you know about speaking up and and, and with your feelings. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's always different ways for you to do it. There's, you don't always have to feel like you're, you're burdening like loved ones around you with your problems. You're, you never are. People are always happy to talk to you about your issues. And if they're not happy to talk about it, then they're, they're probably just not the right people you want in your life. So as, as simple as it sounds, just speak to people. I mean, it, that can be online. You could speak to a stranger in a park if you really want to, um, or other things as well. I'd say write down how you're feeling. That's definitely helped me in understanding sort of my thought processes and that sort of thing. Um, and don't hesitate in, in seeking professional help either. I think a lot of people are reluctant to do so because when you do that, you're almost like admitting that uh, that there's definitely a problem there, um, and that's fine. I mean. It's the same as physical health. You get an injury, you go to the doctor. It's as simple as that. And um, yeah, so just you got to play the long game with it. There's not a there's not a quick fix, in my opinion. Um, the same as your physical health, you've got to train it every day. Try to relax it. Try to make it drive forward whenever whenever the need is there. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, thank you for being coming on and, and talking so openly about it. And and I hope you know. There's other students out there that may want to come forward, and you know, um, and yeah, I look up. You haven't invited me yet, but I look forward to being on your podcast. Oh, I'd love to. Absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say that. I even wrote it down in front of me. <laughs> That'll be a pleasure. Yeah. That'll be a pleasure. Nice one. And that excellent. 
that was men on us speak to you soon bye bye